thanks for joining us and welcome to Activate Your Health. I'm Josh. And I'm Kayla. And we're back again to discuss all things health here in Allen County. From the fun to the serious, we discuss health-related issues that affect the people that live, learn, work, worship, and play in our county. So thanks for joining us on what is hopefully a beautiful day here in Allen County. We have another great episode planned for you today. First, we'll be discussing National Nutrition Month, which is happening throughout the month of March, and how you and your family can eat more healthy and nutritious. We also have a great guest today. We'll be hearing from Carla Thompson. She's on our city council here in Lima, also a community educator and activist. So we're going to hear about all the great work that she is doing here locally. And finally, as always, we'll wrap up with some upcoming events. Yeah. And like Ayla said, March is National Nutrition Month. So it's really a great opportunity to kind of refocus on our nutrition and our diet. A lot of folks may have fallen off their New Year's resolution bandwagon at this point. And so what a great time to refocus, take your nutrition under your control. And we have some great tips to help keep people focused and to eat a little better because it can be a real challenge, huh, Kayla? It can, it can. And we also like to use March to celebrate all those dietitians and nutritionists that we have in our community and beyond who are doing great work, uh, both in the hospitals and in the community to help patients who are inpatients and also outpatients and just community education in general around healthy eating and why it's important for us to be um, focusing on our nutrition and why our bodies need to be nourished properly in order to really have us live our most successful, well-intended lives. So I think it's really a great month for us to focus on that too and to thank those in our lives who are doing that education. You can learn more about Nutrition Month by visiting www.eatright.org and there's a National Nutrition Month tab there. So you can see all the great benefits of what we're celebrating this month. You can search for a local dietitian or nutritionist um, and you can also see what this year's focus is for Nutrition Month. And Kayla, you yourself are a registered dietitian, correct? I am. Yeah, so this is a special month for Kayla and we just want to say thanks and kudos to her and all of the other professionals out there that are making us a bit healthier and giving us guidance and support in eating healthy. So thank you. So let's get to those tips, Kayla. What's the first tip that can help us eating right during National Nutrition Month and really all year long? So we're talking about the environment first. We don't really think about the environment when we think about food normally, but we really should be. So purchasing foods with minimal packaging, trying to eat foods in season. So we have a lot of food that can be purchased in season. You could also start growing your own food at home. So it's perfect time to think about community gardening as well. We always are talking about our community garden. So if you are interested, it's a great way to, again, save the environment a little bit and also learn a new skill. Yeah. And so a lot of folks have probably never had an experience with a registered dietitian or nutritionist. So we would recommend if you are struggling with your diet, talk to your physician and get a referral to a registered dietitian or a nutritionist, and they can help you learn how your nutritional needs change. And different people have different uh, physiological needs. So a diet that might work for me might not work for another person. So getting a specialized custom diet that meets your body is sometimes very important to having a healthy weight and living a healthy lifestyle. That is so true. And also, you know, where your family ethnicity comes from is also a huge role in how your body digests and how your body uses different foods. And that includes vitamins and minerals, and other nutrients. So great point, Josh, that it is really important. If you are struggling with gut issues or you don't think you're digesting things well or you're having skin breakouts that could be related to what you're eating and food plays such a huge role in our lives. So it is really important if you do need a referral to a dietitian, please talk to your healthcare provider. And additionally, it's always great for us to think about planning when we think about meals and snacks. Planning ahead is always going to help us incorporate what we already have in our pantry first and 
foremost, so not overbuying. So that'll help us save some money at the store, hopefully, by checking your pantry and planning your meals based on what you already have. And then also when you're shopping, if you have a list and you have a plan in place, you're going to probably save a lot of money doing that as well. Yeah. And I try to not go to the grocery store hungry without a list because then I am doomed. Um, as I think most people yes. can agree with that it's very difficult going in without a plan. And also, if I don't have a plan, I end up eating the easiest and typically the most unhealthy foods. So I think it's important for me and another great tip that might help you is to have a variety of foods at home at the ready. And Kayla mentioned, you know, it's important to reach out and try different foods depending on your culture. You might be trapped into only eating a certain segment of foods because that's all you know. I would encourage you to get out there, try a vast variety of foods um, from all food groups. And even if you're only able to get canned or dried or frozen fruits or vegetables, that's great. But if possible, you want to eat many fresh fruits and vegetables as possible too. So variety is the spice of life. And so just encourage you to try everything, see what you like and eat all food groups. It also is important to educate yourself on some of the resources we have here locally. So if you are struggling to make ends meet and to buy foods for your family, you may be eligible for some programs such as WIC, Women, Infant, and Children, or SNAP, which is a Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. So those have eligibility requirements, but if you think you might qualify for that, especially if you have young children at home, we would really recommend looking at that, educating yourself on that, and we would be happy to field any questions that anyone has or get them to the appropriate resources here in the community. But that is always something to consider if you do need that assistance. Yeah, so we just want to encourage you during this month to take a focus on your health and nutrition. It's very difficult to change your body type without changing what you're putting into it. Yes. We are what we eat. Yes. Take, Everything in moderation too, right? That's, we don't, we're, we're no to fad diets, okay? We need to really think about, yeah, there's a lot of people are out there saying a lot of things about diets and um, that you should cut this out or you should add this or you should take this supplement. But really, I think talking to a, a, your healthcare provider is first and foremost, but also remembering that your body needs a lot of different things. So cutting things out of your body, um, out of your diet, maybe not be the most appropriate for you. So we do recommend you thinking about everything in moderation and talking to your healthcare provider. And if you need more information, there's a great resource like Kayla had earlier mentioned at eatright.org. And if you search on their National Nutrition Month tab, you're going to find a plethora of resources to help you and your family eat a little better, both in March and for the rest of the year. Yeah, so now we'll be joined by our guest here in studio. You have been listening to Activate Your Health, and it's that time when we bring in a special guest from the community. Today we have Carla Thompson. She is a city council person, a community activist, an educator, and we are really excited to talk to her about her work here in the community. So thanks for joining us. Hey, Carla, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? We're doing well. We want to just thank you for taking your time to talk to us. And we want to begin by asking you about your role. So you wear a lot of different hats in our community. A, you're with the city of Lima. Mm -hmm. You work with Mercy Health. Yes, sir. And Crime Victim Services. Yes, sir. And I'm sure you have some volunteer requirements (laughs) that take up some of your time in the community as well. There might be a neighborhood association or a few boards. Yeah, see? So let's just go one. at a time. Okay. And, you know, let's discuss those roles and what you do here in Lima and Allen County. Sure. So which one do you want to talk about first? So let's start with your city of Lima government role. You know, I think a lot of people would be curious to uh, learn a little bit about your role in city council. Sure. Um, So I am the third ward city council representative. So if you think in terms of like a rectangle stretched from St. Rita's to Lima Memorial, that's my ward. 
and I'm in the middle of my second term and it is one of the best civics lessons I've ever had. I've learned more about government and how it operates, even actually before I got on council, just running for office was an amazing experience. What made you decide to run for office? <laughs> well, after the 2016 election, when things were getting really polarized, I did just know that it was time to choose causes and advocate for them. I kind of went on this rant that the activists need to be the politicians and that that's okay. Lobbyists get their say, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the activists, what do we have? Our voices. So go get in office and make stuff happen. A church member actually called and asked me to consider running for city council. And then I asked my neighborhood council of friends because, you know, that's what I always refer to. <laughs> yeah. My neighborhood home is. And they supported me and thought that it was a good idea. And so I went for it. And I had a couple of different issues that I'm still really passionate about. Yeah. Well, good for you. Yeah, yeah. we appreciate your, your service <laughs> to the community. You talked about neighborhoods. So let's, yes. let's talk about your neighborhood association as well while we're on that topic. So sure. you are the past president. The of- past president. The recent past president of the Central Lima Neighborhood Association. The neighborhood association in our area had been disbanded a little bit before I moved here. But I had had such a good experience just moving into my neighborhood. And like my neighbors were that awesome that we started off with a block party. And then when I found out about neighborhood associations, because I actually didn't have those in the community that I moved here from, I asked about how to get one of those started. And the group of neighbors, they were totally down for it. And so, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's just a great lesson and a great opportunity for anyone listening in terms of neighborhood associations and just how effective they can be because you are doing great work. You're meeting, you're doing block parties, you're doing cleanups, you have community built in. And so you feel like you're a part of where you live. Exactly. You know, you're more apt to volunteer in other areas and you're just happier, I think, living in a community that you know people around you and that you feel safe and secure and that people have your back and that you're able to just be a neighborhood, friendly neighborhood, right? (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, like kind of dipping into one of the other areas in crime victim services, we had done listening circles about what makes people feel safe and other topics. But one of the things that around that that came up was that people were saying that if you just walk by somebody and they smile or say hi and you're in your own community and that happens, it makes you feel more welcome Mm -hmm. and it makes you feel safer. And being part of that association gives you a chance to just interact with people that you know are all there just because they want to be decent neighbors. And so you get to know people like that and you can start to walk down your street and say hi to people and smile at folks and know what's going on. And it does. It increases that sense of feeling connected. Yeah. And those barriers fall down. You can look somebody in the eye and have a conversation with them. It's not about what we have that's different. It's about what we have that's the same. Exactly. That's great to hear. So you mentioned crime victim services. Uh Let's circle back to your role as crime victim services. Sure. Kind of explain that to us and how that also might fit in with your work at the city of Lima. Uh, Sure. It's all so connected. And that's why I have the roles (laughs) because I finally found the things that are connected together. So what I do at crime victim services, most of the people that I work with are advocates and they do what the title says. Once you're the victim of a crime, you're eligible for our services and they advocate for you to get what you need to heal. And my little team is the prevention team. So our goal is to actually stop crime before it starts. Our primary focus up to this point has been preventing sexual violence and intimate partner violence. And to that end, I do a lot of teaching. So our team teaches elementary, junior high, high school, 
school, colleges. We also go into businesses that request us, bars to teach them things like how to spot human trafficking mm. or abuse. And then we also do anti-oppression trainings. So I do DEI trainings. Like I've done one for the municipal courts and things like that. That's diversity, equity, inclusion for those yes. that might not know listening. Yes, yes, yes. And I've broadened that to be DEII because, you know, we all love our acronyms, but diversity, equity, inclusion, and intersectionality. Mm because we have to recognize that too. Yes. Well, that's great work. And I think that's such a need for our community. And I think we talk a lot about prevention. We really do, I think, and activate. We think about prevention. We always want to try to better our community through prevention, through education. And that's really a huge part of your role. Um, And that also is part of what you're doing with Mercy Health. So can you talk about that a little bit as well? Sure, sure. And, And you're right, Kayla, like, prevention, thank goodness other people realize that, that when it comes to just about any field, Mm -hmm. prevention is the cost saving and efficient way to reduce just about any problem you've got, right? (laughs) Right? So education, prevention, work, yeah. Figuring out that root cause and figuring out, yeah, what we can do to stop that, yes. Exactly. At Mercy, what I'm doing is looking at people's social determinants of health. They received a grant, the Ohio Department of Health issued them a grant for us being an Ohio health improvement zone. So we have three zones, you guys are aware in Lima <laughs> and one of them just so happens to be where I live which is also the same zone that the hospital sits in and so they brought me on to work in that zone and when we talk about social determinants of health that is a good phrase to explain all those things that go into your physical and mental well-being so because those all have to do with your health do you feel safe are you worried about where your next meal is coming from are your utilities on do you have a primary care physician have you actually gone to a doctor <laughs> You know, and so it's not just are you exercising, but it's everything about your quality of life contributes to how healthy and how long that life is. Mm -hmm. And so what I do is surveys, but then actually using those surveys to make what I call warm, fuzzy, huggy handoffs as opposed (laughs) to just warm handoffs. So I I try I'm trying to make the people in my census tract feel like VIPs. So, you know, because people with money get VIP treatment, Mm -hmm. right? When, When they call and request something. But what I'm hoping is that I can just build enough connections with the agencies that work with people to create that sense of being a VIP. Oh, you you have food insecurity. Carla knows Jamie and Jamie is going to talk to you now and treat you like a human and talk to you about how to access the food bank, mm. you know, yeah. something yes. like that, yes. you know, and getting that feel like you're talking to other people and not just talking to other systems and helping people navigate those people that can help them. That role that you're playing in the community also perfect for you since you <laughs> live there, you're a councilwoman for there, you have a neighborhood association, and now you get to really figure out what else can do for census track 129 right. um, in that area that we're, we're focusing on with that grant. So it's really a perfect fit, I think, for all the things you're working on. And exactly. it's a great way for, again, you to build those connections and relationships. Mm-hmm. And you've also started some other programs in census track 129, the walk with the doc and the cafe conversations. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about, about that work and why sure. it's important? So walk with the doc is actually open to the whole community and not just focused on census track 129, but again, working with those community partners. So for instance, we will, starting in March, have a shuttle from the census track to the Y where Mercy Health residents are running this Walk with the Doc program once a month. And the beauty of that is even if they don't have a membership, they can go into the Y, walk the track for free, and learn from doctors that are being very personal and low-key about various health topics. And then we're also, one of the things that we did start specifically for census track 129, but other people are invited, um, is the cafe conversations. And that's where we're having dinner at the cafe conference room in Mercy Health once a month and bringing
bringing in a medical professional or just a professional in a certain area related to one of their social determinants of health and having a discussion. So a presentation followed by a Q&A. We have some swag and we have dinner and it's been so well received. We've only had two sessions so far and um, really an enjoyable learning experience that, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes next. And so in March, we're going to have, hopefully it will be Amy Odom or Teresa Heath talking about our community gardens. Mm -hmm. And so we'll be able to talk about learning to grow our own food and how to get involved in the community gardens, particularly from my neighbors to like see how they can get tapped into that. Yeah, that's great. Well, it's really great to hear how you're meeting people where they're at. You know, I think a lot of people have what some folks refer to as white coat syndrome, right? It's intimidating (laughs) to talk to those professionals, right? It's very intimidating. And if you don't have experience working in the health system, you know, just navigating all of those things and who to call and who to ask questions. So it's really great to see you, you know, meeting people where they're at and making it easier for folks to access care and to be healthier for them and their family. Because I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. And it really is intimidating for black people, for women, for people that are living in poverty, because you don't always feel like you're respected or that your voice is heard. And when you're talking to somebody about your body and your health, (laughs) it's good to know that they're acting like you're a partner in your own health, as opposed to just a client that they need to shuffle through. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, again, it's such great work and such a good model. I think we're hoping that this is the start of something that we can duplicate in other areas of the community where this kind of hands-on approach, this, uh, you know, the hand-holding of getting someone a warm handoff versus just, oh, you have... Here's a brochure. Yeah, you haven't seen a doctor. Here's some, you know, here's a list of doctors you could see. No, I actually know this doctor. This doctor is actually here talking to you right now. We would love to get you scheduled. And, you know, it makes you feel so much better about the care you're receiving when you know somebody who's going through the same thing as you and also as a respected and trusted member of the community. Uh, we, we know it's appreciated what you're doing. And I think we need more of that. We need yeah. more of you in the community doing this work because that's really how you reach people and how you actually get to the root cause of what's, right. what's actually happening and building that trust, which right. we know is a, is a barrier to many people um, when it comes to getting the proper care and putting their needs out there. They don't trust who they're talking to. So exactly. it's really, again, such a such a powerful thing that I think is hopefully, again, duplicated as we con- I hope so continue too. this work. Yes. Um, could you share about your background a little bit, kind of what you, led you to Lima, led you... <laughs> You know, a short synopsis of where, you know, where you've been and what made you passionate, I guess, about this work that you're doing. Sure. So, ooh, the quick timeline. (laughs) Carla always wanted to help people. Carla realized that being a social worker probably wouldn't pay all of my bills. So I went into teaching instead. Um, But I found a book that I wrote when I was in the second grade. And evidently, I've always wanted to be a teacher Uh, because that's what I said. And then I did end up being an English teacher in Cleveland. That's where I was living at the time once I finished school. So I taught English, speech and journalism. And I taught that in Cleveland public schools and in Canton City schools. And then that is where I met my husband. And since I was still living in Cleveland and he was in Canton, we said, ah, let's pick one. And so he moved into my neighborhood in Cleveland once we got married. And so we were both working in Cleveland, trying really hard to pay the bills. And he had just finished his master's work. So he was adjuncting at three colleges. And for those who don't know, adjuncting is actually worse than working at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. So as far as pay and 
respect. <laughs> um, so him being visually impaired um, meant that he was biking and busing all over Cleveland to work at these colleges and not seeing the sun that we just had. Mm. And we were sitting there one day in the moment of coffee between our six jobs and Road State College actually advertised in the Cleveland Plain Dealer for an English professor. And I told him, you know what? I don't know what this Lima is, but we should, <laughs> you should apply for that. <laughs> um, and so we came to Lima and this is kind of just how we roll. Like if I'm going to raise my son here, then I want it to be a community that is good for him mm-hmm. to be in. And so we got busy. Well, wow. amen. It's great to hear yeah. You know, so all three of us are new transplants to Lima in the last <laughs> 20 years. Well, so, there you go. You know, there you go. People ask, why would you move to Lima? And I think we each have unique stories. So it's good to hear that, you know, there is great things happening in our community. Oh, yeah. There are great people here. And the trajectory is upwards oh, for, yeah. for this region. So like my family has been able to thrive in Lima and I cannot complain about that at all. Well, we need those stories told because <laughs> often what do we hear? We hear the negative, right? That yeah. there's bad things happening here, but um, it's great to hear the great work that you're doing, Carla, Thank the great you. work of your neighborhood association. And you guys too. Well, Thank we you. appreciate that. <laughs> so how can folks stay up to date with all of the good work that you're doing since you're wearing so many different hats? Like how do people get a hold of you or they want to <laughs> be part of a coalition or hey, yeah. I want to I want to support Carla's campaign. How do they get a hold of Carla? <laughs> How do they say, I'm Team Thompson, let's go. Okay, Team Thompson. Um, well, first of all, my my phone number is public record. So just call me or text me. Uh, 419-516-1273. If you're interested in anti-oppression efforts or we are building a community violence prevention mm-hmm. coalition. So I'm seeking members for that. And then, or if you just want to get plugged into volunteer opportunities in the neighborhoods, I got gotcha. you. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining us today. And we encourage folks to reach out to Carla, get involved in your community. And if it's not in that neighborhood association, maybe you need to restart yours. Exactly. You know, get out there, support our community. And we just want to thank you for your time. Thank you for having uh, me. Good luck in the rest of your endeavors. You got it, sir. And you're here with Activate Your Health. And now it's time to talk about a special program that Activate Allen County helps coordinate. And that's our Allen County Health Atlas. It's an amazing community resource for really government officials, nonprofit officials, for-profit businesses, people in the education sector, and residents alike that can be found at www.allencountyhealthatlas.org. I know that's a long one, so I'm going to say it again, allencountyhealthatlas.org. And this is a database website that is operated in conjunction with Mercy Health, Allen County Public Health, and us, and a number of other partner agencies. And we believe that data should be accurate, transparent, and easy to understand, and the Allen County Health Atlas was designed to do just that. It is a wonderfully easy system to use. And Kayla, what are some of the things that the site gives the community? Yes, you may not think data and easy go in the same sentence, but we really do hope that you utilize this site for that very reason, to think about our community data. We do a lot with data when it comes to Activate Allen County. You've heard us talk about our community health assessments and improvement plans, but really this website makes it easy for anyone to hop on, whether you love data, whether you just want to explore some things or whether you have a question about something, it's really easy to hop on again, allencountyhealthatlas.org. And then you can explore places by census track. If you know your census track, many people do not. 
So you can always look at zip codes and you can look at in your neighborhood. You have a lot of different what we call indicators. So these are basically areas to explore. That could be housing stock. That could be the unemployment and employment rates here locally. That could be household income. So there's a lot of different things demographic wise, environmental factors, health behaviors, all those things we call indicators. So you can click on whatever one's interesting to you and a map of our county will pull up there. So then from there, you'll be able to see exactly what areas of our county have those needs, whether it be you know lower income or lower educated. You can see very clearly the pockets of our community that may or may not be more affected by the indicator you've selected. So again, it's really an easy way to get a quick snapshot of a, of a large topic um, and kind of narrow it down into census tracts or neighborhoods or zip codes and get a picture of what's happening. And we can utilize this data in a variety of ways, not only just for your general knowledge of if you just want to know more about where you're living in the neighborhood that you're in, but if you're applying for a grant, if you are a community organization who is looking at potentially applying for funding locally or federally or through the state, there's a lot of great data that you can get right there to come alongside of your proposal, basically elevating that because you see the need, there's data associated with that need for the program or for the idea that you have that you'd like additional funds for. Yeah, and I think there's another benefit for the for-profit side of things. So if you're a business looking to relocate to Lima or start a new business in Lima, you might be looking at what kind of employees and the health of the employees in the neighborhood that you might be recruiting or you might be establishing a brick and mortar store. So there's that and many other ways that you can use this data. And like Kayla said, it's quite easy to use. And our hope is that folks will use this data and better understand the health in Allen County and really identify opportunities to improve our health and well-being. So at the end of the day, this data can be used to build plans to impact community health and make us a more vibrant, healthy place for people to live, work, recreate, worship, and play. Once again, that is www.allencountyhealthatlas.org and open to anybody. You can log on there anytime, 24-7, any resident, community member, Allen County and beyond. It's, it's open and available. So we do encourage you to check it out. And if you have questions about anything that you see on there, Josh and I would love to hear from you. Yeah, we'll even come to your office and set you up on a demo if you'd like to see how the system works or we can do that virtually. So please don't hesitate to reach out to us. And you're listening to Activate Your Health. And now it is time to talk about upcoming events. Um, You know, March is a busy month here in West Central Ohio, and uh, there's a lot of activities for you and your family to enjoy. But one thing that happens every month, and it's the first Friday of the month at Schoonover Park at the Schoonover Observatory is monthly stargazing that is led by the Lima Astronomical Society. And if you come in at 7 p.m., you're going to be able to sit through a short business meeting followed by a public viewing. And if you have a telescope, bring that along with you because it's a it's a great way to connect with the uh, stars and a great educational and family-friendly opportunity. We have another event that does happen monthly as well. It's the Wake, Rattle, and Roll with the Lima Chamber. So it's the last Friday of every month. Um, you can rise and shine with the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, over 100 business leaders coming together to uh, talk about different topics throughout each month. But again, the last Friday at the Civic Center that starts at 7.30 a.m. And then lastly, we just want to encourage folks to connect with Johnny Appleseed Metro Park's many different programs that they offer. They typically have a walk each Saturday morning. They'll typically have another event on a Sunday and events through the week. So check out their schedule and see the full slate of events, programs, hikes, walks, and programs that they're offering out at the different parks throughout our county. Excellent opportunity to connect with nature, learn about plants and animals, and get some physical activity as well. Finally, we do want to remind you about our crisis line. 
So if you have been struggling, uh, dealing with personal professional areas that you would need some assistance in, there is local help. So please feel free and feel enabled to call the crisis line at 1-800-567-HOPE. That's 1-800-567-4673. Or you can text 741-741. So that's our program for today. So we encourage you to get outside, be active, eat well, have fun, and be safe. So until we see you back here in April with another great episode, we wish you to have a great day and we'll see you soon. See ya. Bye.